Hey, I'm Beatrice. And I'm Beatrice too. Welcome to BNB's Fashion Room, where we'll explore anything fashion related. From fashion history to trends to designers, we're your go to fashion resource. Welcome to today's episode. Welcome to today's episode. Today is very exciting because it's the start of a new series on this podcast where we will be putting the spotlight on designers and telling you their history. Very exciting indeed. On today's episode, we're sort of following on the Fendaci collaboration by putting the spotlight on the very famous Versace and its intriguing and exciting history. Let's start at the very beginning, shall we? As we all know, Gianni Versace was a legendary designer of the 1980s and 1990s. He created some iconic collections that are still very impactful to this day in the industry. Throughout his career, he worked with Madonna, Princess Diana, Elton John, and of course, Naomi Campbell, who was famously his muse. But let's not get ahead of ourselves. For sure. Gianni was born in Reggio Calabria in Italy. Huge apologies if I'm butchering this. Um, he was born on the 2nd of December of 1946. He already knew at a pretty young age that he wanted to be a fashion designer, but to be fair, he was no stranger to the world of design since his mother was actually a dressmaker and clothing shop owner. Well, that's convenient. It really is. He was very lucky because he got to spend hours accompanying his mother and watching her every move, which definitely helped build his skill quite young. Absolutely. Plus, he also said he admired the chic women that came into his mother's shop. So that is definitely a positive aspect of growing up with a dressmaker as a mom. His mom wasn't his only inspiration, though, but we could potentially call her the first. He did say that he got very inspired by his surroundings, so meaning the area that he lived in. His region has a lot of ancient Greek and Roman ruins, so that later on gave him ideas for his designs, which makes a lot of sense considering that the Medusa is a big part of Greek mythology. Anyways, back to Gianni's design journey. He started designing at 22 years old, but he had already worked as a buyer for his mom at 18. In 72 is where things really started looking up for Gianni in terms of exposure. On the 5th of February of that same year, he flew north to Milan to design a rushed collection for Florentine Flowers clothing. Exactly, that collection is what really propelled Gianni's career forward, because from then on, he became one of the world's biggest designers very quickly. But again, I'm getting ahead of myself a little bit here. So for Florentine Flowers Clothing, Gianni created an instant summer wear type of collection. And that was actually so successful that he got 4 million lira, which today would be 372,000 euros, a.k.a. $432,000, a.k.a. 314,000 pounds. Wow, that is a lot of money. Yeah, that is a lot of money. I mean, he made way more in his career going forward, but still very much a dream. Um, that job for Florentine Flowers was very much his first independent assignment. He, after that, then went on to design for other independent and smaller designers, but more on like a freelance basis. So for designers like Jenny, Callaghan and Complice. And after six years of doing that, he finally founded Versace in 1978. 
So I guess you could call Versace a family business. From the very beginning, his siblings, Santo and Donatello, were very involved and working with him. And Donatello's husband at the time, Paul Beck, also joined in overseeing the menswear line. So at the beginning of 1978, Versace finally opened its first shop in Via Spiga in Milan. I think that's how you say it. Now, the shop didn't actually carry Versace, it carried Jenny Callaghan and Complice because Versace hadn't actually made his first fall women's collection yet. So that first collection was presented in March 1978 and the menswear in September of 78. After that, he decided to become fully independent and became one of the only labels with full control of the product cycle. Versace even had a controlling interest in the facility where the clothes were produced. And pretty much everything from designing to marketing just happened through the company yes so a very organized structure to put it into simple terms oh 100 percent. i think like it's it might not have been so it's not that common in the fashion industry especially nowadays um but versace did this and a lot of other things to make sure that he could monitor the quality but also the image of the brand which is very important That image, you know, you could say was the classic style that we say today of sexy and bold and very much so of embracing femininity. He found immediate success in women's wear collections and in 82 expanded the brand to include accessories. He became renowned for his glamorous designs and as the V&A put it, Versace's style combined luxurious classicism with overt sexuality. Very much so. His collections were also very theatrical, which brought him uh, a lot of positive attention. So Johnny was very much a fan of anything more theatrical, more musical even. And he even created um, costumes for theater and ballet, which seemed to have influenced his fashion quite a bit. To him, and I quote, theater is liberation. We also can't talk about 1982 without mentioning the launch of Oriton. So Oriton is the metal chain mail that was invented by Versace in his collection at the Paris Opera. A lot of Versace's today still use Oriton and are also inspired by it. From then onwards, it was success after success after success for Versace with him receiving many awards that it's hard to count, and simultaneously launching his first designer couture collection in Paris and Atelier Versace. Um, It's really in the 90s that we see Versace really start reaching its potential. I mean, we started off his 90s moment, for lack of a better word, with his autumn-winter 91-92 collection, which is where the idea of supermodel was born. And... Let's not forget about the Versace Theatre exhibition at the Royal College of Art in London. Or his dresses for thought exhibition that were toured to Kobe in Japan. And of course, the opening of his first boutique outside of Italy in Glasgow. So the 90s were very much a memorable time for the Versace brand. It's also when the brand started using the famous Medusa logo. So it's actually in 1993 that Versace started using the Medusa logo. As we mentioned earlier, Johnny felt a pretty strong connection to the world of Greek mythology because there were a lot of Hellenic influences in his town. 
He chose the Medusa as a logo because in Greek mythology, she had a way of making people fall in love with her to a point of no return. And that's very much the effect that he wanted his company to have on people. Absolutely. I love that. Um, But yeah, uh, 1993 was a very interesting year. So we have the Medusa, but then Johnny was also awarded... Um, the first American fashion Oscar by the fa- by the Council of Fashion Designers of America. And about a year later, in 94, there's an iconic moment that really caught the attention of everyone and is pretty much unforgettable up until this day. So Elizabeth Hurley's Versace pin dress that she wore to the premiere of, the f- of Four Weddings and a Funeral. It's often referred to as that dress, and it's actually said to be partly responsible for launching Hurley into the spotlight. If that's what it takes, I might have to save up for a Versace dress then. Girl, same. Let's do it. Um, anyways, the years following 1994 and the dress that brought international fame to Versace were very exciting, with Gianni receiving multiple awards. But in 1997, tragedy struck the Versace household. Unfortunately, we do have to talk about the inevitable, which is the tragic and very very sad assassination of Gianni Versace yeah it's quite difficult to it's it's a difficult topic to talk about but it's also hard to avoid when you're talking about Versace let's get into it then Gianni was murdered on the 15th of July 1997 outside of his mansion in Miami Beach by the spree killer Andrew Cunanan At the time of his death, Versace was only 50 years old, had 130 high-end boutiques across the world, and was a fashion mega-titan worth over $800 million. Um, So Versace was killed on the steps of his mansion after having returned from Ocean Drive to pick up his magazines, which interestingly was his assistant's job, but he decided to go himself that day. And Versace was so popular, like especially in Miami, that there was no escaping the limelight. The minute he moved to Miami, movie stars and models followed suit. Everyone knew what his mansion looked like, too, so having any privacy was sure to be difficult. Definitely. And what's even worse is that Andrew Kinnanen was very obsessed with Versace, so it's very likely that he knew his every move. Cunanan liked to brag a lot about his close friendship with Versace, and whilst the two had met previously, their exact relationship still remained a mystery. Cunanan also suffered from delusions of grandeur, which led him to claim to have met and befriended a number of celebrities, making it very probable that he also over-exaggerated his closeness to Versace. Um, I mean, in my eyes, he definitely did, but, you know, we'll never be 100% sure of what their relationship entailed. Um, anyways, following the shooting, Andrew Cunanan, who was already one of the FBI's most wanted fugitives, was on the run. The authorities went on a nationwide manhunt for him, only to find his body in a houseboat in Miami on the 23rd of July in 1997, less than two weeks after Versace's death. Cunanan had actually shot himself, and although the search for him had come to an end, the reason for killing Versace was never discovered. It's been speculated, and there was even a show about it called The Assassination of Gianni Versace, which was very interesting, but again, everything needs to be taken with a 
grain of salt. Yeah. Um, so following the tragic death of Versace, um, Johnny's sister Donatella took over as the brand took over the brand as chief designer, and Johnny's brother Santo as the CEO. In October of '97, she made her solo debut, and in '98 made her first haute couture collection for the Atelier Versace at the Hotel Ritz in Paris. <clears throat> She very much followed in her brother's footsteps and built her runway over the hotel swimming pool. However, unlike her brother, her runway was clear. Her show was incredibly successful with many celebrities attending it, attending, and it even became an annual event. She continuously tried to keep the aura, so to speak, of Johnny and tried to recreate or follow his previous collections. But she actually realized that she couldn't keep on doing that and that the brand needed to go in a different direction. So in 2000, she opened the first Versace Hotel on Australia's Gold Coast, in which the interior was completely designed by her in classic Versace prints. You could literally not get more immersed in Versace than that. 2000 was also the year that gave us that incredible Jennifer Lopez jungle dress that she wore to the Grammys. Fun fact, that dress is literally the reason that google images exist because people were frantically searching for the dress online to see if they could find a picture of j-lo wearing it but obviously google images wasn't a thing at the time so people were finding articles rather than images directly and then the rest is history but yeah following that in 2005 versace announces another hotel palazzo versace dubai and in 2009 to 2012 she's working with christopher kane to revive versus so versus was the first diffusion line of the house of versace and was a gift from gianni to donatella in 2012 though christopher kane decides to depart oh sorry i'm gonna do it again in 2012, though, Christopher Kane decided to depart Versus, and J.W. Anderson gets appointed instead. If this name sounds familiar to you, it's because it is. J.W. Anderson is obviously the founder of J.W. Anderson, but he's also the current creative director of Loewe. On that same year, she brought Lady Gaga to her brother's apartment after using her as a muse for quite a while, and it's also in 2012 that she was first named Fashion Designer of the Year by Glamour magazine post her return to Haute Couture after an eight-year hiatus. Her many achievements and awards definitely don't stop there. And in 2018, she was the first woman ever to be named Designer of the Year at the GQ Men of the Year Awards in the UK and China. So <clears throat> one thing that Donatella has also done and which very much represents her brother and his interests is continuously pairing up with musicians. So Johnny was very much a fan of music and paired with musicians like Elton John, Michael Jackson, Cher and so on. And this is something that really makes Versace stand out from other brands. We've seen most recently she's done, she's collaborated with Dua Lipa, you know, opening and closing i believe yes closing the versace show during this um milan fashion week <clears throat> um she was also dua lipa was also the face of of her like campaign i think when they had the monochromatic looks it's very colorful monochromatic looks um yeah so that's definitely something that um 
makes Versace different from other brands? Versace, I would say, has had sort of ups and downs in popularity, especially um, when it comes to, you know, ready to ready to wear, I would say personally. Uh, but something that has really stood out to me in the past few years is how I personally was convinced to like Versace more than I liked before, just because, again, Donatella is just so amazing at utilizing celebrity and celebrity status, collaborating. That's also what we mentioned in the previous episode with Fendace is, you know, she has collaborated with such incredible um, celebrities, Kylie Jenner, and very much knowing how to target her audience. Another thing that I wanted to mention in relation to Fendace, I would say, is that, again, something that we can see that she definitely drew inspiration from Gianni is always using the right supermodels and uh, very much focusing on supermodels rather than models, which is obviously something that was created by Gianni, as we mentioned before. Absolutely. I agree with everything you said on that. I had, um, we briefly mentioned it, you know, the H&M and Versace collaboration um, in the previous episode. And that was something that for my 12-year-old, 11, 12-year-old self, I really enjoyed. But then, you know, I got older and Versace really wasn't that appealing to me. Um, It started becoming a little bit more, but it's I've really like gained maybe not love but I've started liking Versace so so much over this past year I also think that they're you know they had a little bit of a redesign they have this new monogram that came out with that campaign that I was talking about you know they've got these big shoes everything's like each outfit's just one color um also you know the star power that that they have in their campaigns and shows has definitely influenced i will influence me um yeah and you know uh like you were saying they still use they very they're very heavily focused on supermodels and not just models we saw that at fendace and you know like naomi campbell is still walking the runway for fendace so we have that connection obviously the brand itself, but we have that extra connection to Gianni as well. Absolutely. And I would say that Donatella has also made very good use of Oriton. And I am not sure if this is actually Oriton, but I'm pretty sure that it was. But um, since we were speaking of Dua Lipa before, Dua Lipa's butterfly type of dress that she wore to the Grammys that very much felt representative of if that wasn't Oriton then it was a very 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 well made uh, recreation of that and did feel like an homage or sort of a a nod to Gianni absolutely um you know and that's for uh one of the you know few things or that's one thing that you can identify Versace from you know their own material, you know, the Oriton sort of chainmail type of f- fabric. It's, it's not really a fabric, but it's used as a fabric. Um, I think, you know, besides the Medusa, which, you know, you see Medusa, you're like Versace. I think one thing that for me, and probably, you know, has been very popular, I think that's one of the biggest identifiers of Versace is their scarf print 
um, pattern type of th- I'm not even sure how to describe that. It's very, it screams that sort of like, you know, luxury with, with sexy kind of thing that Versace, that Johnny was going for. Absolutely. And um, I also very, very much like that the Medusa is integrated in the designs quite a bit, whether that be as a button or just part of, you know, the um, classic print. You can always see some type of Medusa in there, and that's such a good way of integrating it. Uh, while not always maybe being as bold as Versace has been previously. And so now that we've given you a little bit of the background, you know, we've discussed more about Gianni Versace, given you the background of his brand, and skimmed a little bit over Donatella. We're excited to talk more about Donatella and her role um, in growing Versace in next week's episode. Let us know if there's any Donatella Versace moments that you feel aren't talked about enough or if there's anything you'd want us to mention next week. So that's it from us for today. Thank you so much for listening and we'll be back next week. Bye. Bye.